The assumption basically was, just to be clear, that my child needs his ass kicked in order to behave better. My wife is always like preaching like presence with the kids. Man's job mm. is to be present. You got to be tougher on your kid. No, listen. Listen, listen to what they're telling you. This is too big a job for us to get perfect. Then not only are you going to screw up your kids, you're also going to screw up your relationship with your kids. Welcome to the In Search of More podcast. I am your host, Ellie Nash. Join me weekly on my quest for more. More from myself and more from this world. We'll see you on the other side. You hear that, Ryan? Episode 100. Oh, man. It's a beautiful thing. We're there. We're where? We're, there. We're at a hundred. <laughs> Just getting started. Yeah, here's to another hundred thousand episodes. Yeah, that's not episodes. We'll have to get other guests uh, <laughs> as well. But it's been cool to see how it's uh, changed and evolved. Yeah, first years. started just all audio, and now we got the video element, element, bringing in more guests, sharing the message. Feels good. So I wanted to do something a little different um, for for this one. Um, not much different, but, you know, I used to piss people off when I um, shared certain stories. Not on purpose. I was just sharing my story. Like, I was sexually abused. Mm. And then, you know, parents and siblings and <laughs> community members, well, don't you realize how that makes us look? I'm just sharing my story. So I'm going to share a story from last week. And we'll see who we upset. In Here the we go. Oh, baby. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's been going on for a little bit with my son, my son, Samuel, he's four, four and a half. Um, and every once in a while he goes full terrorist mode and you know, it'll look different. Sometimes we hitting one of the other kids or sometimes yelling at us. He's the, you know, King Samuel Mm. He comes in and Samuel's not who I'm going to get upset. He's going to be cool with this even later in life, (laughs) but you know, he can, he can flex sometimes right. and it can, it can look different, different ways. And we, we were in California, um, vacation and he was acting up a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And we have family, my wife's family there and they're coming to me. You got to discipline, come to me and my wife, you got to discipline your kid. You got to show him who's boss. You got to let him know this is what happens when you don't discipline kids. You got to, and, um, the, well, I, I won't say it got to me all the way. It got to me a little bit. And got some to you of, how? Some of it got to me in sense of a little bit of embarrassment, a little bit of embarrassment. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I haven't figured this out. This like kid is walking all over me. And um, some of it got in the way I spoke to him differently. Like, you know, with a little frustration. Um, like, kid, like, wake up. Right. Hello. You know. Right, right. So like one of the things he'll tell me sometimes, he's like, Dad, can I play, uh, Daddy, can I, I don't know, watch a video or play video? So I said, I don't think your mom wants you to do that. But you're the boss of this house. Like, you don't really believe that. You believe you're the boss of this house. Right. <laughs> That's what's really going on. Anyway, so we're dealing with this for about three days. Um, and there's a lot of pressure coming at my wife over mm. this. A lot. You know, especially from her family. And you don't know what's going to happen to him. You know what's going to turn into. This is where the worst created, like, pressure, pressure, pressure. And then one day she, she, um, she calls me, she was, we we're doing a charity event last week and she was busy preparing for that. So she wasn't with the kids as much as she normally is. And she's like, Ellie, I need to, I think you need to spend some one-on-one time with Samuel. Hmm. So I said, I'm in. So the next morning I took him to, um, Santa Monica Pier, took him to the arcade place, 
took him to uh, it's like a, a little amusement park there and we just hung out and i noticed during it not a single nothing zero not a one no tantrums no N- not nothing mm. not a tantrum not a mini tantrum not even a nothing none of the flexing or whatever it was that was um didn't have to talk going him on twice before. none of the frustration no he was thrilled mm. you know and you know running through the arcade place and at some point in time which i didn't even know he could get i don't want to play this game anymore we never mm. allowed it to even get to there and then at some point hey i want to go back home mm. and we did that and since then he's been just a breeze and i'm like man how many kids how many kids are effed up because parents got this one wrong you got to be tough on the kids it's yeah it's man crazy. But here's what I want to ask you about that because I got kids of my own. I got a four-year-old also and a seven-year-old. Um, and the biggest thing, one of the challenges I face in, you know, with that is, is that balance between, um, and this is the question, how do, you, how do you make that balance between uh, discipline and, like, consequences? Meaning, for me, like, I want my kids to understand consequences. When it comes to disciplining my kids, I kind of butt heads with my wife sometimes. No right? way. So like... We're going to piss everyone off. Yeah, we're going to piss everyone yeah, off with this go. one. <laughs> so one of, something that happened a few days ago was he was um, on his phone with his cousins. They're playing a game together, my seven-year-old, Roblox, right? And they're talking to each other, they're playing, and I asked him to do something. And... Um, like he was in the game, he didn't listen. I asked him again, he didn't. So I just went and I grabbed his phone, right? And I'm like, go do whatever. And he looked at me and then my wife was like, he's on the phone with his cousin, you're embarrassing him. And, you know, she pulled me off to the side and she was telling me, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. I think she's right, but go ahead. Say more. In that moment, I'm like, why am I, why am I going to cater to a seven-year-old's every single need? And like, excuse me, seven-year-old, can you please for the fifth time mm-hmm. go do that? Like, no, like there's got to be some some sort of like discipline, some sort of like action consequence to you not doing something. So for me, it's, it's, it's been not the easiest trying to find that balance between like when the discipline, like what does discipline look like and like the consequence of them, uh, like teaching them consequences kind of like more like let them learn kind of thing. Right. So first of all, I'm, this is like very, very new to me because right. I'm just having my first, like I have three kids, four, three, and two. Right. It's just now that I'm starting to deal with some of these things. So you have much more experience than, than I do in this regard. But there's like the lesson for me from last week is more mm. um, from that. And within that, within the last week, there was an example where I had to give um, consequences. And I'll share with you how I went about it. But it was more... Um, it wasn't so much about structure and discipline with all children need. It was the, it was the toughness that they wanted to see. Ellie, you're being too soft. Mm. You know, at one point he, um, <laughs> this thing, he's like bad daddy. And I just, I, know, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. He's like, <laughs> say that. So I laughed. You can't laugh. When he <laughs> <laughs> laugh. You got to let him know his boss. Yeah. Like, so what should I do? Like a right uppercut or like, well, a left. (laughs) And, and this, you said this, this is like family members. So do you see them modeling this type of parenting in like their own, assuming they have kids? Right. One does one, right. It'd be interesting if they didn't have kids. One doesn't. 
Nice. Right? nice. I, I, I said that at one point. I said, oh, how does this work with your kids? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How's this working out? But right. No, but that, one said, that's not the reason I'm bringing this up. I'm not bringing it up to bash on him. I'm actually bringing right. it up because it got to me. Mm-hmm. Like for a couple of days, I was acting differently as a result. And thankfully, my wife snapped me out of it. Sounds like your wife was snapping you out of something too. Right. And re- just said, hey, spend some time with him. And three hours just alone, me and him, and seeing, seeing a shift. That being said, when we came back from um, California, there was a little bit of a tantrum before dinner, first night. And I said to him that as a result, he can't play. I said, if he does something, then he won't be able to play a game, this game he wanted to play. He likes Minions. It's mm. <laughs> crazy. Minions game. So can I play Minion? I'm like, I can't hear about Minion. My dad was screaming about Minion my whole childhood. Minion in, um, in Hebrew is prayer. Mm. Like I got my dad screaming Minion, my kids screaming Minion. <laughs> What's going on? All right, all right. My, my dad would be proud, but he won't know the reference necessarily. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, a Jewish joke. A little yellow. But <laughs> little yellow creatures. Right. It's not Minion. I'm going to Minion means I'm going to, I'm going to the synagogue to pray. Right, right. Minion means number, and it references 10 people who, the number of people who pray together. It's 10. Gotcha. So Minion. <laughs> anyway, so. I told him if he does something, I don't remember what it was mm-hmm. at that point, then he won't be able to play that night. So he ended up doing that. And then after he ate, he was fine. He was in a much better mood. And it was clear he was acting up because a little bit because he was hungry. Um, so that night after he bathed and everything else, he's like, can I play Minion? And I said, no, we, we had already said. He's like, please, one more chance. So I said to him, I, I said, I used to give one more chance, but, you know, you're four and a half now, you understand. So sometimes it's no more chances. So if you're cool about it, then tomorrow morning um, we'll play. So there was a consequence without any of the, the harshness. Right. And he cried and got a little angry. And I, I understood. Like I, I would do the adult version of crying too if I didn't get what I wanted. Right. You told him you understand why he's yeah, crying. I, yeah, and I did. how did he respond? Because that's something that I try to do also. Like I try to be like hold space for my son specifically he's right. a little older like his emotion like when he's disappointed like I try to, like I get it I understand why you're disappointed and how, how did that work for, for Samuel? He still cried I mean I wasn't you know right. he, st- he still cried but at at the end of the night we're like, good. we were good and he went to sleep and the next morning we played the minion game mm. and just listening to you talk about um about spending that day with him and how everything you know all, all those issues kind of melted away makes me think about like my wife is always like preaching like presence with the kids and i wonder and maybe we can throw this to the the, the viewers that are watching this like you know drop some feedback in the comments i wonder if some of that friction comes from lack of presence even if it's an hour a day or a week or whatever so when you then step in. Now you're being present, right? And you're coming with a force, like do this, whatever, whatever. They're like, no. Like, well, who do you think you are? No. When way. you say presence, you mean meaning like present in with your kids, engaged. I'm 100 percent there. I'm not right because when you took them else. to the Santa Monica Pier, you're there. You're 100. percent right. I was the only parent there, right? I was 100 percent right. there, and there's not even because I see it with my kid. A minute also. on my phone. I see it with my kid also. Like when we're locked in and we're like engaged, like there's there's no friction between me and him, like. Everything's a breeze. He's cool. He's chill. And more so like when I kind of come off of my perch and like, hey, it's, go take a shower or whatever. Sometimes it's like I got to say it two, three times. So I'm, I wonder if there's a connection there. 
you know, like subconsciously even like. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, we should do a separate episode on this. I think that that's like, that's a man's job mm. is to be present both for in, in the world is to be fully present, fully engaged. Like that's our, that's our challenge. That's our struggle is to be fully present. To parallel that with women, um, I think their struggle is to surrender, to give in. I think it's, I think it's sad. And these aren't my thoughts. These, there are others, but it's definitely you know there are the thoughts that resonate and mm -hmm. the thoughts that don't. And this one did. And man, like that's that's the struggle is to be fully present. And that's not only the struggle for us; it's the desire from the people closest to us. What my wife was saying was that. My son acting in that way was his way of expressing a need that wasn't met. And I think what that need was is that as he gets a little bit older, my two youngest are kind of playing with each other a lot. Mm. They're kind of at the age that they have the same interests. And that was different six months ago right. or a year ago where my youngest wasn't even walking and him and my second child were playing a lot. Right. So I think feeling somewhat alone in his interests, what he's able to do now and what um what he's interested in doing and what my younger children are able to do and interested in doing are very different right so having that for me for a few hours was hey the stuff i'm interested in i can i can do and i'm not alone right. yeah. i think that's where some of that frustration was was coming from but assuming that the assumption basically was just to be clear that my child needs his ass kicked in order to behave better that was the one side of the argument. And the other was that he's expressing a need. And if I address the need, he's expressing the need in the language that he has, which may look like throwing something hard across the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> and addressing the need, I saw it in front of my eyes. He's a different kid this week. My wife keeps saying he's a different kid. And we did not listen to the other voice and what it made me think is how many parents over the years have listened to that other voice and how many people have been that other voice saying you got to be tougher on your kid no listen All right listen listen to what they're telling you and assume that there's a need not being met when they're acting up this is not saying let them walk all over you of course not that's right. why i shared the other example but certainly to assume that it needs power and force in order to uh get over it no it needs like you said presence yeah, I agree. And uh, parenting is, is, is an interesting rodeo, man, for lack of a better word. It teaches you so much. Um, the challenges, challenges sometimes feel like foreign to me, you know, like how do I deal with this? But I, I, I think something that also happens is, and we have to be aware of, is our own stuff that we're often, like I feel like it's almost easiest to project our own mess on the kids for sure and we're going to we're going to i was watching a video yesterday i think her name is dr shafali she's a um parenting i think she wrote a book conscious parenting or something like that she's like you're gonna screw up your kids like that's a given like just get off the, the idea that you're not going to you no matter what right something if, is gonna be of course we're right. all going to let each other <laughs> down in one form or another Something's going to happen at some point and they're going to be, we're not perfect and we're going to screw them up at some point. What I said was, if you don't embrace that, not, obviously not to do it more than you're going to, but if you, if you don't embrace that, that this is, that this is too big a job for us to get perfect, then not only are you going to screw up your kids, you're also going to screw up your relationship with your kids.
Yeah, that lands. You know, and um, one thing this has me thinking about is this is the mother load of the work is parenting and in relationship. And we'll start talking more about, about that, some of the relationship, relationship stuff, because I don't, I don't usually start talking about something until I start working some of it out. But the biggest struggle for me the last couple of years has been within um, my marriage, within my relationship is figuring out how to, how to navigate that. And it's in that, that the real work is done. How many people have I heard, blame their spouse in some way and say, oh, you must be the issue because I'm cool with my friends. My friends like me and you just have a hard time with me. Your friends don't share a life with you. It's not a good parallel. Right. It's not an accurate parallel at all. And I've heard it so many times. I've heard it so many times. I've heard it used on me. I've used it on others. Maybe not verbally, but in my mind. Well, right. it must be them. Why? Because your friends who you spend, I don't know, eight hours with a week in a relaxed and fun environment, they're cool with you. And your business partner has what to say about you. Mm. And the person you're sharing, sharing a life with, your wife has what to say about you. And your kids have what to say about you. And you want to compare it to your friends who like you and think you're cool? Sure. Yeah. But that's not where the real work is at. The real work is in those closest relationships. That's where we, where we find out um, where we are and, uh, and what we are. You know... Um, we did the episodes with uh, Gabor and Daniel Mate. Yeah. And everyone listens to Gabor Mate and says, man, this guy's freaking awesome. I wish he were my dad. Except for Daniel Mate. His son. Meaning, not that he's, he's, thr he's thrilled and they're doing amazing work together. I went to a workshop with them um, where Daniel and Gabor did a, a workshop called Hello Again on adult child and parent relationships. And one of the things that um, I got from Daniel so much was that he cares about this relationship. A lot of us have given up on that relationship for him to care and to continue working through that. But the point I was making here was that for Daniel, it wasn't this obvious, like, oh, my childhood was amazing. Gabor Mate was my dad. And no, he has a ton of good ideas and he has a lot to teach us, but he has a lot to teach himself also. And that's the case with all of us. That's the case with all of us. Just because I do this doesn't mean I figured out anything. There's a moment in time where I feel like in this part of my journey, I'm standing on a little bit of a hill and I can see the past. So I say, okay, let me speak from that perspective. But that doesn't mean I'm always there and that doesn't mean I'm there on everything. Of course not. All right. After spending, I'm curious, after spending time with, with your son um, on that day, did you, did you go back to the, the voices the talking heads that were telling you what to do and, and give them an update on how things oh, were no, going? Oh, no, no. Just kept people it moving. That's not the risk with giving me bad advice. The risk with giving me bad advice is it ends up right here and gets blasted out to the world and you will know. You will know it was bad advice and tell everybody else. <laughs>